everybody, and welcome back to the Off the Key podcast. And today, we're having the first of our two year-end list episodes, and we're starting off with the worst albums of the year. Our top ten lists. James and Garrett and myself. We've listened to a lot of music this year, and there's been a lot of great music. We've had some really interesting developments in the music world. There's been this punk renaissance for all the different variations of the punk genre. I mean, you got post-punk, pop-punk, hardcore punk, all getting recognition this year. The rise of Playboy Cardi's label with Rage Rap, guys like Ken Carson and Destroy Lonely. The quality is debatable, but it is still a significant movement. You know, we had the resurgence of the house scene with Beyonce and Drake putting out two of the biggest records of the year. Quality also varies dramatically. but We've also had big acts like Rosalia and Bad Bunny, you know, with the reggaeton has become one of the biggest genres in the world, whether you like it or not. And on top of that, the quality of hip hop this year has been unmatched so far in terms of the 2020s. I'm impressed with how many fantastic rap albums came out this year. It's It's been ridiculous. It's been the best genre so far this year. Yeah. And I, I would venture to say so far of the decade. I mean, the decade's still young, but so far, rap has blown everything out of the water. If I could make, like, a stock chart of, like, whose stocks are going up and, like, what genre stocks are going down this year, rap stocks, through the roof. Buy, yeah. buy, buy. Buy buy right now. Punk, punk and metal, up. Uh, world music, especially a lot of, from uh, Latin countries, up. I think pop in general is kind of taking a little bit, but it's, it's still kind of even kill. A lot of rock subgenres that aren't like heavier are are down. I'd say jazz fusion. Up. There, there's been a lot of jazz fusion this year. Yeah. A lot, actually, a lot of jazz fusion. Now that I think about it. I mean, we had Domi and JD Beck. You know, Empire Central by Snarky Puppy. We had Elephant Jim. Now, on the other hand, we've had some real fucking stupid trends and stinkers this year. What is it with all of these popular songs interpolating like nursery rhymes and kids tv themes and shit god what was that song uh, it was by leah kate i think it was a twinkle twinkle little bitch it was it was a tiktok dude it's one of the worst songs i've ever heard <laughs> yeah and i'm glad that i have kind of avoided that for the most part in my listening circle yes well i am not on tiktok at all so i have also avoided much of this no it, it's it's bled in you know there was that garbage ass megan trainer album that almost made my list you can honestly make the next dark side of the moon and i will never listen to it i've written her off from the start i think she has no i won't say talent she has talent she can sing but my gosh her music is like 99.99 i've, I've heard trash. people i've heard people call her <laughs> i've heard people call her whitewashed lizzo <laughs> Except what? except that she can't rap and she can't play an instrument. <laughs> yeah. And she she can't sing as well as Lizzo. Yeah. And, like, I mean, I, yeah, really it's a strange any, comparison. But really also, can't do anything as well but, as Lizzo. But also, like, we've had a lot of, I've had a lot of disappointments this year. Like, like yes. artists that I was looking forward to that I was really anticipating very much disappointed me. Like, the new Charlie XCX record, Crash, I thought that was very mediocre. A huge step down from her previous albums. Three disappointing King Gizzard albums in a row. I, well, that's par for the course, isn't it? 
at this this point. year. I don't know. I I thought a couple of the Gidstober albums were pretty decent, like you know seven six range. Um, I didn't think they were the worst, but I was definitely disappointed. Um, you know, and honestly, I know we are gonna get so much shit for this, but I think all of us agree that Mr. Morale was Mid. disappointing. Yep. It was very disappointing. I mean, I still enjoyed it, but I think it's his second weakest record. Yeah, and and it's like we said in the review. Lyrically, it's still got it. Like Kendrick, it's it has everything that you would come to expect from a Kendrick Lamar record in terms of lyrics and you know, themes. themes and, yeah, yeah. But instrumentally, production-wise, it's very bare bones, very boring, which is not what you would expect from a Kendrick record. But here we are. Man, I was also really disappointed with Smithereens. By Joji. And we'll, we'll get into that. That's actually on one of, one of our lists. I, I've honestly felt like that album was just a cash grab because Glimpse of Us was such a big single this year. Because Glimpse of Us is the only good song on that record. <laughs> yeah, I think when... that until proven otherwise... <laughs> <laughs> I think that until proven otherwise, instead of like trying to meet expectations or like exponentially grow, I think Joji has pretty much solidified himself that he is going to be a singles artist, essentially. He came close with Nectar. That that's the closest he's come to like a whole full and realized album experience. And even that was a little disappointing. He has all of these flashes of brilliance. I mean, you've got like run sanctuary, slow dancing in the dark glimpse of us, all of these beautiful, beautiful pop singles. And then you, he releases an album and it's like, what, the, what the fuck is this? Shit? It's like he made a good song and then, all of his like B sides were just thrown onto the album with it. It like, it is it's especially apparent on Smithereens. Yeah, but yeah, I I guess you know now time we should probably get into our actual lists. So we're gonna do this in kind of a roundtable fashion. You know, we're gonna go from everyone's ten, you know, everyone's nine, everyone's eight, seven, six. We're probably gonna have a little interlude and talk about it a little bit more at length, and then move on to the top five worst. So yeah. I'll go ahead and start off with my number 10 pick, Post Malone's 12-carat toothache. Now, I haven't always been the biggest Post Malone fan, but I do acknowledge his singing ability, his talent, and he's a pretty creative guy in the pop world. I really loved Beer Bongs and Bentleys. I thought Hollywood's Bleeding was okay. I didn't really care for Stoney outside of like a couple of tracks like White Iverson and congratulations, but man, 12 Carat Toothache is like, it's, it's his worst project, in my opinion. I, so initially, when I listened to it, I gave it a 3 out of 10, and I think that rating still stands. It's easily his worst record by far. The production is bad. It's, it almost reads like a DJ Khaled suffering from success story. The, the song with Doja Cat, there was absolutely no fucking chemistry on that. The the Fleet Foxes song was kind of cool. Uh, I really enjoyed that, and I thought it was neat that he got him on the record. But, you know, most of these tracks are pretty insufferable. Like, the beats are bad. Even Post Malone sounds creatively bankrupt on most of these guys, if I'm being honest. <laughs> like, it it's really did sound like a phoned-in record. It, it, it was just... It was one of those records, much like what I'm going to bring up next, that it just completely lacks any sense of passion or authenticity. Which is weird because, you know, Post Malone, you see him in interviews and you're like, wow, this is a really likable dude. Yeah. 
genuinely, I would love to hang out with Post Malone. Oh, yeah. And you can tell that he does have a passion for music. He loves it. And he loves creating and everything. And it's, which is why this album is such a head scratcher. Yeah. It's, it very much feels like a, like a bridge project. Like, oh, yeah, I got to release something this year. You know? Yeah, it, feel, yeah. it feels like a contractual obligation yes. yeah. when the schedule that he would like to do and the schedule that he needs to do are differing. So this one was more or less disappointing. Like, it, I, I think it was one of the most disappointing records of the year, at least in the pop space. But anyway, I'll, I'll let you take the floor, James, on your n- number 10 pick. So, I mean, we already kind of mentioned it. It is Smithereens by Joji. Like I said, it completely lacks any sense of passion or authenticity. And there's one song, Glimpse of Us, that's great. It's absolutely gorgeous song. Beautiful singing. The piano is, accompanies it is perfect. It's everything you would want out of a nice, soft ballad. But the rest of it just does not live up to that potential. Exactly. Like, Glimpse of Us is unironically one of my favorite songs this year. Oh, agreed. Like, like by a landslide. Agreed. And that's what makes Smithereens so much more disappointing. It, like, almost made the cut for me on this top ten list, but I, I thought there were records that were way worse. So mm. that's why it didn't make my list. But I 100% agree with you, James. Yeah, and that, it's why it's the number ten spot for me. Because, yeah, there are worse records. You guys have heard me and everybody's heard me. I harp on on this podcast a lot about authenticity. If I don't feel it, if I don't feel like you're really, you really want to make this record or you really care about what you're putting out, then I can't get with you, man. I, I can't listen to it. So, Garrett, take the floor for your number 10 pick. All right. My number 10 is one that I'm, I believe is going to be on your pick as well, but a little bit lower for me is uh, TM by Brock Hampton. Oh yeah. Now I feel like I feel like this album is. I mean, it's bad, but I feel like it's really bad because of the disappointment and the quality of Brock Hampton's earlier projects. And I didn't put it as high as maybe you guys would have had because I'm not really big into Brock Hampton. That's why I also didn't put Joji on my top ten list because I've never really been a fan of Joji. So it's not as disappointing because I find him to always have been kind of inconsistent. But yeah, this is, it honestly doesn't even seem like they had this in them, which is why it's, it, ta- it really takes you off guard. Dude, this is truly like a contractual obligation album. They just threw these tracks together be- to get out of their label deal because they already broke up. I mean, like yeah. the context is definitely there and I'll elaborate more when we get to the higher placings because this is also on my list, but this is a phone in record. This is like 100%. This is the this is the dictionary definition of a phoned in record because you can't really say, "Oh, well maybe they had something going." Like, no, this is the history is there. The what happened in the background is there. This is a 100% phoned in record. Like, and they even admit that. Yeah. And you know, the worst part is just how disappointing. <laughs> Honestly, Brockhampton's dissolution and their final albums feel like a wet fart. <laughs> Damn. Because I, I'll i get into this more, but I'll, I'll give you a little taste. But I feel like Brockhampton was one of the most cutting-edge rap collectives of the 2010s. One of the most exciting rap groups, hip-hop groups, pop groups of the 2010s. Especially in a decade where there wasn't really a whole lot of posses doing stuff, you know? 
Yeah, like the last like really big one I can think of is Odd Future, and they dissolved in like 2015. Yeah. So they made some of the biggest hits of the 2010s as well. I mean, you had Sugar. That was one of the biggest songs of 2019. And it's great. It's a fantastic pop song. And that and that's just why it's just so disappointing that things turned out the way they did and we really still didn't get answers to why. I mean, you know, Kevin kind of goes into it a little bit on the family. And I thought that record was better, but it was still a fucking mess. I'll get into it more in a little bit. Everything is just so boring just not up to their standards you almost rather they not made this album and just broke up i yes i feel this, exactly that way this album is really like a slap in the face to brock campton fans all right i guess we'll go ahead and move on to our uh, number nine pick i'll start with mine we talked about this on the show at length and we actually caught a lot of flack for it but my my opinion still stands viva Las vengeance by panic at the disco yeah, not a fan. It's it's fucking bad. Like I went back and listened to it again, and honestly, I would rate it even lower. It is. I gave lower. it. A, I dude, I gave it a three, and Ooh. I would still rate it lower. Dang, it really just feels like when you read the lyrics and you listen to the music. I mean, yeah, the instrumentation is really like bland and boring and all that stuff. But I mean, it's decent. You really just want to just bully him after you listen to some of like the lyrics. <laughs> It's like the, it's like the kid that you kind of feel bad for, but he kind of does it to himself, yeah, and just just cringe out in public, and you just want to like slap him over the head, like, bro, what are you doing? Oh, we're weird, we're outcast, boo, boo, boo. but he does the new dead Kennedys. Yeah, but he there's no metaphor. He just screams it in like the most juvenile way possible. Dude. I mean, I feel like I could write songs better than this, and I'm not a musician. Dude, Brendan Urie's vocals are terrible too. Like the. When he gets in the high register, it's like this screeching and scratching. It's like listening to fucking chalk or like nails on a chalkboard. Like, I think that's kind of him trying to replicate the, the old 50s rock and roll singers. As far as I know, that he was at least partially inspired by. I know he's a big fan of Sinatra, so, which is also kind of a weird thing in this context. But to me, and I think I said alluded to it at least on our review of the album. This is a theater kid's attempt to make a rock and roll music out al- musical album. And I just, I can't stand it. <laughs> and on top of that, to add to your point, like as an homage to the rock opera of the seventies, it falls so flat. Well, again, it's like I said, it's, it sounds like it's an album that's made by, it's someone trying to do rock and roll that doesn't really understand rock and roll, which is fucking hilarious. <laughs> And it's so frustrating to me. He overuses. I feel like he's doing all of these, these crazy, like over the top vocal things because I feel like he's trying to replace what he's lost on earlier records. He's trying to like use his voice more as an instrument, you know, have all this mm-hmm. personality to it, and it just the execution is just so bad. Yeah, and Brendan's vocals already for me bordered on annoying on some of his later yeah. albums. Yeah. So this is like. The cherry on top of the shit cake, as you said before, Garrett. As far as their music goes. Do you know you know something that just struck me? You know why I think that I don't like a lot of pop punk from that early panic and like the vocals like early fallout boy? Because you know what it really sounds like they're doing with their voices? It sounds like they're singing in like the music version of a Valley Girl accent. Yes. That is what I've always (laughs) Sorry, pop punk fans, but 
my god this this was <laughs> it there were a lot of l's for pop punk this year this is by far one of the biggest ones because yeah. people are trying to like claw them back and at least some artists are and it's not working <laughs> it has to happen organically you can't yes. just force a subgenre like as much as i like I would like Trip Hop to come back to give me some more music of that subgenre. You cannot just claw and bring it back. It would sound like garbage. And much, I, sound like m- much like with classic rock, you know, with Greta Fan Fleet and everything. Like those guys, yeah, they're talented and everything and they do a great job, but you can't just force Zeppelin back into this into this world. It doesn't work. And I won't say that there aren't good pop punk projects or like acts happening right now. You know, I, as much as as controversial as she is, you know, Olivia Rodrigo, I think is definitely one of the better acts. You know, we've got mm-hmm. Paramore coming back. Um, yep. Even you know, I usually fucking hate them, but the last Wonder Years record that came out this year, I I thought that was solid. I thought it was a very mature pop punk record. Yeah, but yeah. I feel like all of those people are progressing more into pop rock, and like the pop punk is kind of like wearing thin. Oh yeah, I don't mm-hmm. think Paramore's last record was really. It was more straight up pop rock. Yeah. It didn't really have yeah. that edge on it like prior records. I will say the new singles. Yeah, they are, they are brought going back to their roots. They brought the edge back in their new singles, and I'm pretty excited for the new Paramore album. That's that's going to be on the docket for sure. Yeah, that's probably going to be one that that is one I'm looking forward to right now, and I think. If anyone can do this right, do the pop punk thing right, it's Paramore. All right, let's go ahead and move on to James's number nine pick. Polyphia didn't do it for me, man. Bruh. I I didn't hate the record as much as you did, but it was bad. There are some decent tracks on it. Like the opening track, for for example, the opening track I actually kind of enjoyed, and I was like, okay, this is cool, and then it was downhill from there. I won't say it's there's a lack of authenticity and passion here because I think the guys that are making this genuinely do care about what they're doing and they believe in it, but it's just not. God, God damn, it's so fucking pretentious. <laughs> that, and there's some very head scratching musical direction decisions, like all the guest stars. All of the guest vocals should are not bad. have been there, dude. All of the guest vocals are bad. Like, and there were hints of that on their last record. Now, I actually think New Levels, New Devils is fire and one of the best prog metal records in a long time. Mm. And that's what made this for me like a big fucking disappointment. Now, I didn't put it on my top ten list. I gave it like a four out of ten. I don't know. I don't know what you rated it, James. But yeah, it was about three and a half for me. Yeah, and there there are good tracks on it, like Playing God. I thought Neurotico was really good. I thought the song with uh, Steve Vai was also super good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I did enjoy the Steve Vai feature. Actually. But that was about it. Yeah. Because, I mean, I mean, it's Steve Vai. You can't, <laughs> you can't hate on the guy too much. I mean, unless you just hate I mean, progressive music. But You can kind of hate on you, Steve Vai. You can. I, I thought mean, he did well here. You can hate on Steve Vai in the same way you'd hate on, like, Eric Johnson or Ingway Malmsteen. You're just, you just don't care for the noodly like, neoclassical guitar. They're good in parts. I yes. would not want to listen to like hours of them. Yeah. But yeah. Huge, huge step down for sure. <sighs> There's only certain amounts of prog metal I can take. And I'm right there with it's, you, buddy. And it's got to have, for me, it's got to have a little bit more things added to it. It can't just be like fucking widdly, widdly, wee the whole time and doing all this crazy ass shit. 
it's got to have a little feeling, a little groove to it. That's why I'm such a big fan of Tool. And I think that's, I think that Polyphia was trying to do that, like take it in a new direction, but the direction they took it in was like, go back. Just just go back. (laughs) Start from square one. (laughs) Either you go in all the way or you just stick to what you know. It's like when you listen to a record and you're like, wow, this is really solid. There's really only a little, a few things I can nitpick. And then they like take that little nitpick and then they like exponentially multiply it and make it an actual problem. That is what Polyphia did. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. But yeah, anyway, we'll, we'll go ahead and move on to uh, Garrett's next pick. Okay. My next pick, I would have not even known it was a thing. In fact, I didn't even know they were still together. But. My pick is Elevation by the Black Eyed Peas. Bro. Spotify shoved this album down my throat, and I don't know why, because I have what I've listened to this year is nothing like even close, even to close it. to this record. But oh my, this is—I mean, I don't want to say you know what anyone should do or you know that you should you know if you have a dream, always go chase it. But at some point, you know the boxer's got to hang up his gloves, the worker's got to retire. Man, they should have just hung it up. It's bad. It's so terrible, and you can tell they are just a soulless husk. Well, Fergie isn't there yeah, anymore, no. is she? Yeah, so no. <laughs> there, are no good, there are no good vocal I'll, hooks. I'll be honest, it probably would have been on my list, too, but I could not fucking finish it. Oh, oh I didn't either. It was I, bad. Dude, I couldn't finish it. Like, I tried. I got, like, four tracks in, and I was like, this is nails being shoved in my ears. They're, they are so... <laughs> I, I don't even know how to describe this album. There's no... <laughs> There's no feeling to it. There's, it's just like you said, Garrett. It's, it's soulless. Also, everyone's it's pointed empty. this out, but the fact that they used that fucking Adam Levine Instagram DM leak as a fucking chorus, bruh. Their hooks are honestly some of the worst I've ever heard on this album. Every aspect of this album is terrible. I didn't even finish it. I couldn't finish it. That is the only record on this list that I couldn't finish. It feels kind of like a troll, especially with the fucking Adam Levine thing, like. Are you guys just fucking making fun of yourselves or us or I don't know what's going on? <laughs> it honestly just feels like a guitarist that hasn't played in 20 years and has suddenly picked it up and decided to record the first thing he played. And he's like hitting a bunch of bad notes. And he's like, oh, man, I still got it. Like they should have retired. Holy crap. <laughs> Damn. Walk, walk away, man. Walk away. Yeah. At this point, just quit while your legacy is legacy is still kind of intact. You know, honestly, like... I know they were really big in the 2000s, but I wasn't even that big of a fan of them. I mean, they had some really good pop. I mean, they were yeah, essentially they, a singles. Yeah, band, they had some good pop singles. Yeah, they had some like, great pop singles. But the thing is, like, once you really, when you look back, it was all their beats and their and Fergie with the hooks. And now you take those things away, and they're just what are they? Nothing. None. Soulless husks. Nope. Now we'll move on to our number eight picks. Now we already brushed over it, but my number eight is TM by Brockhampton. And I won't reiterate too much, but I will say this is by and large their worst record. It's not even close. This is cashed in. They're checked out. The only person on this record that has any energy at all is Merlin. He's like at least trying to do something. And there's like one good song on there. I can't even remember the name of it. It was that just insignificant of a record, but this downfall of Brockhampton and, you know, these last two albums, the family and TM are just like, you're left sad and unsatisfied. Rough man. And this is coming from someone who has been an avid 
passionate Rockhampton fan since Saturation 1 and even some of their singles before that. This this one hurt my soul, man. It's not that high on the list for that reason, but this one was easily the most disappointing album for me of this year by far. Yeah, it's on my list as well and it's it's a bit higher or lower, I guess. You know, I understand that the group had basically already broken up and they had either they had to break their contract or make a new album and so naturally you're going to choose to make a new album and just at least I wish if this was your last hurrah, I wish you would have at least made it a bang. At the very least, we still have their old records to go back to. You know, the Saturation Trilogy, I know it was controversial, but Iridescence had a lot of good stuff. Ginger, I fucking love that song, that album so much. And Roadrunner, there's still good material that you can go back and enjoy, at the very least. But anyway, let's move on to James's number eight pick. Muse. The will of the people. The will of the people. It's, it sounds like a half-assed attempt to copy the talking heads to be honest <laughs> and, it's, and I'm like my god please stop that D- Muse should not do that and this is also disappointing for me because there have been some really cool stuff from Muse that I've heard like Supermassive Black Hole Knights of Cydonia, Assassin my god Stockholm Syndrome yeah like... I love Assassin dude that song is insane but Will of the People I don't know what's happened it's, they've just fallen off into some weird direction and I wish they would do more of that shit. I mean, honestly, more of their older stuff. Honestly, I don't think they put out a good album since the 2000s. <laughs> like their 2010s output to me is fucking trash. It's kind of a good example of a general look at how rock is going now. At least like popular rock. Yeah, at, le- yeah, at least popular rock. They're trying to go in these weird experimental directions to find some new sound or or some bullshit and it just falls flat every time. Rock and roll is rock and roll, man. You can add things to it and do different things and be a little creative and stuff, but at its heart, you've got to have that soul. On top of that, this record, it tries to be like super political, but it doesn't take any side, really. It's super fancy. The thing is that Muse are a bunch of conspiracy theorists at heart. It just sounds very hammy. And the thing is, is they've been trying to do that for a while now, and it just doesn't work. And like God, what are some of these song titles, dude? Like, was the was the closing track? We are fucking fucked. <laughs> it sounds like that fucking drunk ass weirdo conspiracy dude at some party, or like your conspiracy uncle. Like, <laughs> we're we're fucking fucked, man. The new world order is coming. And man. see, what's interesting to me is there there have been. So I'm actually going to point out this record because I think. In a way, it does everything Muse was trying to do, but way fucking better. And that's Free LSD by Off. That record is all about alien conspiracy theories and, like, the state of the world and stuff like that. And that shit's super amazing and exciting and fun. And it takes the conspiracy angle in a really interesting direction. Conspiracy theories are supposed to be fun. In some ways, they can be a little concerning or scary, but a lot of them, generally, people follow them because it's, it's fun. They want to believe in something because it's, it's fucking cool. <laughs> but Muse somehow took that and made it into just making you feel bad. And I think there's something to say about 
the people that are in tr- are trying to incorporate electronic and pop into their into their their rock. The reason why it sounds bad is because they're putting the rest of the instruments like the guitar and the drums behind all these pop and electronic elements instead of the other way around. If the if the band was still there and like the actual live instrumentation was still the focus mm-hmm. supplemented, that's why I feel like the Paramore pop stuff works. That's why I feel like the Talking Heads and their pop rock works. Or yes. like any, that's why a lot of the old 80s stuff worked because it was like since after all the stuff. Like yes. the stuff had like a rock shell and then or it's a, like a rock heart. Yeah. If the song still works, if you took all the electronic instrumentation, the drum machines, the synthesizers out, if it still works, or then you, it's a good. But yeah. if it doesn't, if you. Yeah, you took all that out, and it's like the song just does not work at all. You're like, this is there's nothing here. I think they just need to straight up start making electronic music, honestly. You can tell yeah. they want to do that so bad, and they, they just need to do it. Yeah, if you want to make electronic music, just make electronic music. And you can make really good electronic music, like Daft Punk we talked about earlier. They made some amazing music. I'm not saying that they didn't have soul in their music i'm just saying that you can tell that it's electronic music it's not rock or it's not electronic music masquerading as rock or vice versa if you're going to do something you gotta do it right yeah but anyway let's go ahead and move on to garrett's number eight pick come home the kids miss you by jack harlow (laughs) bruh the things that eminem has inspired to happen after his successful prime is honestly a tragedy of this earth. I would I would not call Jack Harlow and Eminem descended. Oh no, not not in like style wise, but like telling these awful, no talented white guys that they can rap and giving them okay, inspiration. Okay. That's probably what more along the line. This album is trash. There is no authenticity behind it. There's really no authenticity in behind a lot of Jack Harlow's music. But what really carried Jack Harlow in the early days, and like when he first started becoming famous, is that his beats were absolutely fire. That and I do think he has a lot of charm and charisma. Oh yeah, he used a lot of like, pop culture references. He's starting to really cut back on that, and he's really falling into the you like know smooth cool guy like yeah braggadocious aloof. rap yeah, yeah and that just does not work for him he's always like the nerd that's gonna rap about you know movies and pop culture references and just having a good time that is more who he is and now he's just trying to be everyone he has this cool guy persona that he's trying so hard to fill those shoes and he can't that's not who he is that's not who he is so this album is just bad it's not authentic it's just blah See, I didn't like this album either, but it was just so insignificant to me that I was just like, whatever. I, I listened to it maybe like twice, and there were a couple of good songs, I thought, you know, like Nail Tech and the Dua Lipa song. It's really just kind of there. It's, it's background music. Well, it's also another album that has been really just forced into my face from Oh, yeah, this album, this album was huge. I just think it is nowhere near worth the hype. Honestly, the Drake feature is also like super checked out. On top of that, the fucking first class sample, like that Fergie sample, it sounds bad. I'm sorry. They wasted that sample. On the chorus for the song, Jack Harlow like gives up halfway through spelling it. Like <laughs> he just he sounds so fucking checked out and phoned in. And I understand he's trying to do this cool guy persona, but like it just it doesn't fucking work. <laughs> it just comes off as 
stupid. <laughs> Jack has like the same flow for like most of his songs. He yeah. uses one or two flows for yeah, every song. Exactly. This album is also on my list. It's lower than Garrett's is quite a bit. We'll we'll let you have your soapbox for that one. Yeah. I know you were like an avid hater of this album, so Yes. Well we'll go ahead and move on to your uh number well, my number seven pick. Cowboy Tears by Oliver Tree. Listen. Oliver Tree is an interesting personality. His last couple albums, they're they're not bad. They're solid indie rock. I think they're okay. I, I disagree heartily. I hate all of his stuff. I think he is just he has an annoying voice. I don't like his humor. I don't think everything lands like a dead cat, just like splat. I just do not like any of his stuff. And this album is more of the same for me. And honestly, I think Oliver Tree as a personality is more interesting than his music. Yeah, definitely. Like I, I know there's a big following for him. And, and, you know, he has some creative moments. I think there are some good songs, but I understand how he's marketing himself as well. But, it, God, Cowboy Tears is so fucking bad. I could stomach maybe like a listen and a half of this record. The instrumentals, it's almost intentionally annoying. But, man, I, I just do not, I don't like his vocal style, like that weird yelling he does. You, you know what I'm talking about. I thought this album was trash. Don't recommend. Sorry, Oliver Tree fans. This was a big L. He should honestly have more of a skit sketch show than he should be an actual musician. Like. I think he would fare well as a comedy act, whether you like him or not. But anyway, yeah. moving on. James, give us your number seven pick. Here we go, gentlemen. Bad Bunnies, Un Verano, Sinti. Look, I get it. This is one of the biggest albums in the world for a long time. One of the biggest still albums is. of the year. It, it still, still is. It still is. And believe me, I do get it. And I won't say that the album is entirely bad. There are a few good parts of it, and I do actually understand the appeal of it. But for me, and this is really more of a subjective thing, this is one of my least favorite listens of the year because it's just a dance album. It serves only one purpose, and it's for dancing, and it's for clubs, it's for partying, and I get that. And hell, you guys know I love blues and funk and stuff, so I get the appeal of it. A lot of that music is also made primarily for dance, but this just... What, you don't like the... You don't like that for like 10, 12 songs? You don't... What? All right. The main problem I have with it is that it is so fucking long. As a listening experience, it's not good. As... I I can agree with that. It is not good as a just sit down and listening experience or listening to in your car or listening to while you're working or something. It's not... It's not good. If you're at the club... Or like at a party... Holy shit, this would be amazing. This is fire as fuck. And I I suspect that is the big reason why it's so popular. Because it's great party music. But that is the only setting that I would listen to this in. I listen to music to enjoy it, to listen to it, to sit down and immerse myself in it. And I can't do that with this. Unless I'm at the club, I can't enjoy it. Well, I mean, you know my... I'm, you know my... I, Preposition to the genre. I'm yeah. I'm gonna be the defense on this one because I I don't think it's a great record. 
for the sole reason that it is so fucking bloated. It's like over 90 minutes. There's no fucking reason this album needs to be 90 minutes. There's not a whole lot of diversity or variety in the album either. I mean, there are some good cuts. I actually like get the reggaeton movement. I think it's cool. I think I enjoy it that Latin music is getting a bigger audience around the world. Like, I think that's awesome. And, you know, Bad Bunny is kind of one of the forerunners of, you know, this wave of reggaeton, like Urbano music. Yeah. I, and I and I think that is important. Historically, for music, that is important. You know? Agreed. And and it's kind of an accessible gateway to Latin music. That's kind of what I see Bad Bunny as, is more like a, like a gateway drug to mm-hmm. other Latin genres. And that's why I think, regardless of the quality of his music, I mean, I, I think that's important. I can, I can accept that argument. It's just, as a musical piece by itself, it doesn't stand up for me. Yeah, and, I, I, think, I actually think it's his worst album. Yeah, and it's, and it's not only, you know, just the, the style of music it is, that it's just for one setting. It's also just, I just don't think it sounds that great, to be honest. The vocals are so fucking compressed. The wave file must look like a fucking wall. I can't get with it, man. Yeah. I don't feel it as a listener. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with like some of the quality issues. I just kind of wanted to make you know put that out there because you have like really good reggaeton records like Rosalia. Motomami mm-hmm. was a certified banger this year. Yeah, you me. Like, I actually enjoyed that album much more than than this one. And it's kind of in the same vein, yeah. although it, way more creative. Yeah, it, I think the difference between Motomami and this one is that Motomami added more passion, more feeling to it. It added more interesting things that I could listen to as a good listening experience. Did not have the same beat over and over and over again. Yes. Let's go ahead and move on to Garrett's number seven. My number seven is Muse, Will of the People, and I'm we've harped over a lot of that. I'm just going to keep, I'm just going to say one thing before we move to number six, and that's just that Muse, the reason I dislike this so much is that Muse promised, like Commemorants told their fans, they're like, oh, we're going to get back to our, like original sound, we're going to start incorporating these new elements with our with our older sound, with more hard rock elements. And they've pretty much told us this for the last three albums, and they keep getting farther and farther away from it. They're essentially, they're actively lying to their fans and doing the exact opposite. That's why it pisses me off. Because they're like, oh, I think Reapers was somewhat of a return to form. And then the next two, they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to keep on kind of doing that and just, you know, experimenting. And then they just literally didn't. They just went back to right to the same crap they were doing. Don't make promises you can't keep. All right. So we'll go ahead and move on to number six. Uh, My number six pick. We just went over it. Will the People by Muse. I don't really think I need to reiterate. We've already pretty much covered it. But, yeah, garbage record. Trash. Don't listen to it. Muse fans, I'm sorry. Anyway. Let's move on to James's pick. That is Panic at the Discos, Viva Lost Vengeance. I've said my piece about it, at least. It's, it's a half-assed attempt at trying to do a rock and roll album. It's really more of a rock and roll musical, and it reminds me so much of, like, Hairspray or some shit. And I, <laughs> Fuck. This is what happens when you let someone that doesn't fully understand the soul of rock and roll try to do rock and roll. My number six is... A bigger ale, not really as an album, but more so the artist in question, and that is the Brave. Mm, I won't say the biggest, probably the second biggest, but this album is really bad because the guy behind the music is an absolute douche nozzle, and he puts a lot of his beliefs and what he thinks into his music. 
the lyrics are only relatable if you're really just a big chud. It's bad. The lyrics are unrelatable. They're terrible. They're garbage. The music is very derivative. It's really hard to separate the artist from the music. It's just bad. I mean, honestly, I hate all of the stuff he's done. Once again, another stain on Eminem's like legacy and like inspired all these like trash artists to be push the game. I'm saying what the people aren't. I'm putting myself out there, even though he's pandering to literally like ultra conservative, like Southern bro boys. I'm sorry. I fucking hate Tom McDonald. The only fucking reason I did not put that album on this list is because I did not want to give him the time of day. It's just so fucking tasteless. It's it's like, even if you wanted to make those arguments, He's clearly just pandering to a certain audience of like edgelords. Yeah, there's no there's no nuance to the message. There's no authenticity to the message. It's it just feels like he's just being an asshole for the sake of being an asshole. He thrives on the attention and that's why I didn't want to give it to him. That's yeah. that's the only reason I didn't put it on my list. Yeah, it's it's a grifter's kind of album. We're at the halfway point, number five for me. Honestly, never mind. It's so bad. It's one of the worst electronic albums I've heard all year, and it is the worst Drake album. It's not even close. Her loss was okay. Honestly, it was not that good. It was like a 5 out of 10. It's horribly mixed. The beats are terrible. Drake's phoning it in harder than he has in the past 10 years. He can't sing. Some of these bars are fucking laughable. Currents. Can we talk about Currents again? Remember that song? <laughs> That might be one of the worst beats I've ever heard in my life. That's got to be a bottom. <laughs> that's got to be a top five of the worst beats I've ever heard. It's, it's like, what were you thinking? The, the, Drake is cashing in a check at this point. The only thing I want to say right now is that the only reason I disagree with you here, Mac, is that you have it too high. Uh, what, one last thing I will say about Honestly Nevermind is the only reason it's not higher on the list is because the following four albums are even bigger offenders. This is where we're going to get into the real, like, hate show here. My bottom half of the list was more, like, big disappointments or records that I just thought didn't really live up to it. I fucking hated this last half. Nothing on my top five is above a one. Tom McDonald and below, these are all, like, if I could Thanos snap these out of existence, I would. (laughs) But anyway, let's get on to James's number five pick. So we're in the bottom five now, and... Most of these are going to be pretty much the same for us. TM by Brockhampton. We've already said everything that can be said about this. It's. I would have rather them just not put this out. You could have taken that opportunity to make the last hurrah, but it's when, sad. when you have that attitude when you're creating something, it comes out in the end product. Yeah, it's it's just sad. So Garrett's number five. We've already traded over a lot, but it's, it's Viva Las Vengeance. I mean, I really don't know what else I could say about it. It's garbage. This one annoyed me a little bit more, probably because of Bryn Urie. We've pretty much covered it. I mean, I've never really been a huge Panic of the Disco fan. This is, like, just the worst of the worst. Oh, it's their worst album. I honestly don't think he can go any lower than this. It would be hard. He'd be hard-pressed. This is an interesting pick for me. So... I uh, I started following this creator called uh, Brad Taste in Music. He does, like, album reaction videos and reviews on YouTube. Very funny guy. He's He has this whole series of videos on this uh, VTuber rapper called uh, Demon Dice. 
you know, the videos themselves that he made on 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 this artist were pretty clickbaity. But I listened to the music and holy fuck, it is some of the worst rap music I have ever heard in my life. I kind of found out about this like kind of after I'd already solidified my list, but this is like beyond a list. This is in the we're talking about in the negatives because not only is it bad and cringy and the lyrics are terrible, but at some points it's like borderline offensive. So the the album itself, it's called Shut Up, Get Happy by Demon Dice. And Demon Dice is like a VTuber. VTubers, it's a whole culture. It's kind of hard to explain, but they're basically like virtual personalities. And streamers. Are usually yeah, like streamers, you know, musicians. And, you know, we've played with that concept before. You know, when you look at like the Vocaloids. Even gorillas. Yeah, like gorillas. Progenitors. You know, like virtual bands. Imagine if a basement dwelling uwu anime girl started making rap music. And there's a whole lot of bars that where she essentially equates like she's like, oh, they said I'm not, you know, good of a rapper because, you know, I'm like not black and I'm not from the hood. She's saying a bunch of stuff that is like really borderline like and she like harps on that. She's like, you know, and that's why, you know, I got to overcome this. I'm I'm so different because, you know, I'm white and from Japan and I can rap. Have you ever heard of LP or Aesop Rock or Mac Miller? There are plenty of white rappers who distinguish themselves and have something unique to bring to hip hop. It's not a new phenomenon. And I kind of get she's more appealing to her audience. They really enjoy it. They love it. They say, Demon Dice is really different. She's bringing something new to the rap game. But like, dude, she doesn't even have a good flow. When she raps, it's like she's just trying to get out as many words as possible. And it creates this really weird word vomit. It honestly just seems like satire. Some, somebody's just making a satire rap album. And th- th- see, that's the thing that kills me is I can't tell if this is a joke. I've seen some live videos and stuff. It doesn't feel like one. She'll rhyme like words with the, essentially the same words. She'll like throw in words that don't rhyme like, oh, that's bio And like famous Japanese terms, slang and like anime quotes. And it just, oh, Lord, it she's, is cringe. She's very, she's trying very hard to appeal to the weeaboos who like don't actually listen to rap music and think it's all just like ghetto thug garbage. This is rap music for people who only listen to anime opening music. Yeah, this is for those yeah. people that also have a Twitter account where they're, Profile picture, profile picture is an anime profile picture and they constantly use slurs on the internet that's this is for these people the worst part about all of this is this is not even the worst demon dice album i know it's technically rude to refer to demon dice and the other vtuber alias mori calliope is the same person her other project mori calliope is just as bad it's like really awful overwhelming electronic music james what's your number four jack harlow come home the kids miss you it's so fake, so hollow. It's so bland and boring, and it's it seems like it's done just to make money. The moment it comes on, I'm just it instantly just kind of becomes background noise. It's like that fucking meme of Homelander in the theater, and his ears start ringing, and it, all the sound fades out. <laughs> That's me whenever Jack Harlow comes on. All right, all right, Gary, what's your number four? My number four is 17 by Fly Soldier, or as more they're commonly known on the social media prisons, the Island Boys. Oh, dear Lord. This is like, you almost wonder if it's some kind of satire beneath the 50 layers of garbage, but then you look more into them. No, they are 100% serious about like their persona and like what they're projecting. They are fake as fake comes. They are talentless hacks, and they are complete garbage. Utter, utter crap. So I also listened to this album. 
And I didn't put it on this list because the companion album is way worse. This is the album equivalent of like the room where it's just so bad. It's funny. It's like, Oh, hi, Mark. It's just, I, I couldn't even bring myself to find the companion album. I was like, there is no way. So this leads beautifully into my number three pick. Trendsetters by Kodiak Red. This is soulless garbage. It is so much worse than 17. 17, I kind of laughed at it. This is like scraping the scraps from the bottom of the barrel with the wood chips also on the scraps of food rap music. This is the worst rap album of the year and it's not even close but anyway your number three james my number three is machine gun kelly mainstream sellout i think we touched on this earlier about the return of pop punk and this is the most egregious example of that and one of the biggest too i fucking hate how big this album got i don't understand it i never will don't get me wrong, there are some parts of pop punk that I do genuinely enjoy. This fucking inauthentic bullshit garbage just seems so contrived. So what's your next pick, Garrett? Number three. Besides Brennan Yuri, because I don't really think overall in the grand scheme of things, he's that bad of a guy. I mean, I really don't know. I haven't looked into it. But, he's kind of a douchebag. But th- these bottom people, there's a little bit more to their music because like, they're generally trash human beings honestly looking back i probably should have made this two or one it's bad reputation by kid rock oh buddy absolute douchebag and he none makes it more apparent than this he's lying from the beginning of his career about where he, where he came from he's like grows up in detroit okay he didn't grow up on the streets of detroit he grew up on a decent house where he had his parents had decent income in detroit never had to suffer for anything but yet he puts on airs like he did he didn't come from the country, but yet he wants to try to tell all these millions of people that he identifies with them, even though it couldn't be farther from the truth. His opinions are trash. His music would be bad back in his prime, if you can call it that. It, this album is complete garbage. And he's, you know, once again, he's like just like Tom McDonald, but honestly worse, pandering to like a really extreme like political point of view. And he's Fox not- News watchers. He's being edgy. He's trying to be as offensive as possible so that if so he gets any kind of pushback, he can say he can point to it and say, see, see, you know, they're disagreeing with my music. No, and not just that it is just, it's garbage. You know, I'm not saying it because I'm just like, I want to like silence him. It's just trash. Main reason why I disliked it is because he's just beating a dead horse at this point. There's no, he's not doing anything new, nothing interesting. He's not trying to, push the boundaries or do anything different in any way he's just being himself the same old thing he's always done and like there is i guess some people may find a charm to that and i can understand that but you know and you know what really makes him bad is because a lot of other people on this list and through history when they wanted to present themselves as cool you know macho figures and all this stuff They'll they'll talk about the, their acts, you know. Oh, I get all these hoes. I get these, you know. I you know I've killed people. You know, I'm a I'm a, you know, I'm a cop killer. They'll talk about the stuff he done. The kid Brock will literally say, "Just I'm a badass," and that's it. I mean, it's just it's literally the corniest thing possible. He literally will not talk. He'll just say like, "I'm cool. I'm a badass. I'm what they don't want you to hear." It's it is the most childish 
straight to the point drivel that you will ever hear. I got, I got a lot to say about this one. So I'll go ahead and move on to uh, our number two picks. My first of two zero out of tens this year. Uh, we already covered it, but Mainstream Sellout by Machine Gun Kelly. This album is the culmination of everything I hate about pop punk, curated and brewed into one shitty fucking record. Machine Gun Kelly can't sing. He cannot sing to save his fucking life. You listen to him on tracks like Emo Girl and fucking A. He's trying to do the whole pop punk sound, but he actually sounds stupid. This pop punk album is so fucking bare bones. It is like bottom of the barrel, fishing for scraps, pop punk music. There are so many better acts in the pop punk space. I did not like a single thing about it. Mainstream sellout is trashy. It is a trashy record. And you know, sometimes trashy can work. But in this case, like, dude, this is just tasteless. Zero out of ten. This album sucks. My number two, well, as I said before, is Kid Rock's Bad Reputation. There's no need to continue on. Kid Rock, you've had a successful career. Just rest on your laurels, my man. Or try and gain a little self-awareness. My number two pick is Honestly Nevermind, and at last minute, I'd probably like to switch that out and make Bad Reputation a little higher, but I want you to know that Honestly Nevermind about killed me. Because I almost what? I almost fell asleep in the car, like driving around when this album was playing. So <laughs> that one has some of the worst beats I've ever heard. I have a lot of like friends that are like very amateur beat makers and in their worst worst dreams they would never make a beat as awful as this. The only thing that saved it for me from like being higher on my worst list was Jimmy Cooks. Yeah, Jimmy That's Cooks, it. Yeah. That's the only reason I gave it a one. Without Jimmy Cooks, there would be a zero. Ladies and gentlemen, my worst album of 2022. Bad Reputation by Kid Rock. This is quite possibly one of the worst albums I've ever heard in my life. The music is so fucking bad. Kid Rock has used the same flow for two decades. Just one. He has one flow. Prove me wrong. Put on any Kid Rock song and tell me he does not use the exact same flow in every single one. The lyrics of this album are dog shit. You listen to some of these hooks and some of these lyrics and tell me that in, in any way this is listenable. This album is unlistenable. From the opening track, it is a terrible experience. And it's embarrassing. This guy's a fucking joke. And he is way past his prime. This album makes Bawit Daba look like Bohemian Rhapsody. Ooh. I can't even laugh. I don't even think it's funny. Like, it's just garbage. The cover of the album has a snowflake advisory warning. Is that not the most cringe fucking shit you've ever heard? It is such blatant pandering that it's not even funny. It's garbage. It's unlistenable. And I will never touch it again. Zero out of ten worst album of 2022. Moving on, James. Honestly, never mind by Drake. I despise this album. Drake is so far up his own ass, you can tell from the music he makes. Everything about it is just absolute garbage. There's no substance. There's no no fucking reason to listen to this. I will challenge anyone to please make a decent argument for this album. 
not even to be like good or a 10 out of 10 or anything, just make an argument that this is a decent listen. I will say that the discourse has changed a little bit. You know, some people have come around to this album and there are some defenders. I listened to it again and I just couldn't. Well, they're wrong. My, my opinion has not changed. And it's not like some, oh, I'm out of touch. It's like, oh, well, blah, blah. this is bad. It's Drake's worst album. Garrett, why don't you send us off with your worst album of 2022? Gotta be Machine Gun Kelly. I mean, we've talked about it before, but it is so sad and pathetic. Like, he's a garbage human being. And it's now, not only that, that I have to see him everywhere between him as a rapper and then his beef with Eminem. He was just force-fed to me in on the internet. And then his comeback with the pop-punk stuff, he was just forced into my eyes. And then all his BS with uh, Megan Fox has been forced into my eyes. So this guy's literally just been shoved down my throat for his entire existence, and I've hated every second of it. And that's what makes me have so much more like vitriol to this, this and Kid Rock's and Drake's album because not only is it just trash, but I can't escape it. I don't want to sound like a bunch of out-of-touch like losers who hate all modern music. That's not true at all. Yeah, definitely not. This is like a combination of it's popular and it's terrible. I'm sure that there's some worse albums out there that like no one has heard of and that have passed over. I'm sure those are out there. One, it's not accessible, and two, everyone's passing it by. This shit has made people a lot of money. But with that being said, that closes out our year-end lists for the worst albums of 2022. With that being said, any final thoughts on any of the awful dookie projects that came out in 2022? Yes. If, if you're an interrogator for a government, try try putting these, some, some of these albums on. I'm sure whoever you're trying to get information out of, they'll cough it up pretty quick. Dude, just imagine listening to Currents on a, like a for 24, 24 hours. hour loop. <laughs> <laughs> I would break. On that note, we'll go ahead and close it out. Thanks everyone so much for following us in 2022. You know, we are a little baby grassroots podcast, but it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of work, but it's been a lot of fun. And I know the past couple of months we haven't really been as active. It's just a lot of life stuff going on. 2023, we plan to really change up the content and up the quality of the podcast so look forward to that and with that stick around for our next episode on the best album of 2022 thanks guys music also check out our link tree for where to follow us we are on instagram and facebook and a variety of streaming platforms and if you could give us a sub or a listen or even a follow it'd be greatly appreciated thanks guys see you later